Roger Hines just dropped off a new shipment of boards at realwatersports.com. Roger helped me modify a board design that I loved, and that model became a board model for Roger, and it's called the Time Machine. And after meeting Real Water Sports founder Trip Foreman at the boardroom show last year, Trip ordered some of those Time Machines, real fancy versions, custom resin work, cloth inlays, etc. And uh, those came and went, but Roger just dropped off a new small batch of boards, and among them are these Renaissance model longboards. They revisit the classic longboard plan shape of the 60s, but with an update to the rocker, rail, and foil. And then the same kind of uh, 60s aesthetic of multiple stringer glue-ups, pigment-colored gloss coats and polish. They are absolutely stunning surfboards, but they're limited. I think they only got four of them or so, and then a couple of other board models as well. So go and salivate over on realwatersports.com, and while you're there, enter that surfboard giveaway and potentially win a surfboard. You can select one of Roger's boards or any board among their 1,500 board inventory. Quite a giveaway that they're doing. Good luck with that. It's all happening on realwatersports.com. Enjoy. And of course, athleticgreens.com slash surf is our steadfast and true nutritional essential. The only time that I've been sick in two years was this past week, and it was after I neglected to bring AG1 on the road with me. Coincidence, perhaps, but honestly... I think that I compromised my immunity in more ways than one, let myself down without the AG1, found myself vulnerable, and I won't make that mistake again. AG1 certainly boosts the immunity, but it's also more than that. It packs comprehensive nutrition into one scoop of dark green powder, superfood and nutrients pulverized into a powder that you mix with eight ounces of water. It's simple, it's easy, it's effective, and that's really all I want. It's been a real key component to my health and to my daily brain functioning, key to pumping out all of this content week after week, year after year. So thank you, AG1. Join me, join Tim Ferriss. Uh, That's who I originally heard about Athletic Greens from years and years ago. I've gotten Jamie Brissick on this program. Uh, Britt Merrick's gotten on board. Matt Parker was on this even before I was. So anyways, athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal. Make sure that you enter there. It supports us, lets them know that you heard about it here. So athleticgreens.com slash surf. Sign up. It'll show up at your doorstep every month. You won't ever have to worry about getting the important stuff in your diet again. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Enjoy. What makes me think about you? What makes me think about your smile? What makes me think about you? The shape of the cloud, the color of the sky, that makes me think about you. The first time I saw Victor Bernardo surfing around Huntington Beach and Lowers was about eight years ago, and it was memorable. Every year, every summer, seemingly every pro surfer around the globe would make their way through Southern California, probably for the US Open, or maybe just to meet with their sponsors. 
And in the few years prior to my memory of Victor, the surfers from Brazil seemed to get markedly better each subsequent year. Or more accurately, the established surfers would show up with a new crop of groms that seemed to be getting exponentially better every summer than their predecessors. So when Alejo Muniz won the US Open in 2013, it was the young Gabriel Medina's performance down the beach in the free surfs every morning that I remembered most. And then the next year, Gabriel Medina showed up with a young Felipe Toledo in tow, whose surfing, by the way, I didn't think could be eclipsed. But then the next year, Victor Bernardo made his presence known. And my expectation for this crew of surfers' abilities was very high. But the impression that Victor left on me, the point of distinction from his peers, was style. He had all the ability, seemingly the same desire to win contests, but he seemed to be more conscientious of the way that he looked while doing it. And then I remember seeing a Hawaii edit, a couple of other little clips here and there on the web, but not nearly as much as I expected, and then nothing for probably five years or so. That was until a month or two ago, when a friend mentioned Victor's name to me, and it jogged my memories. And I said, oh yeah, I remember him, QS warrior kid flinging airs and stuff, right? And he said, yeah, 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 but have you seen him surf lately? And I hadn't. He told me that Victor got dropped by a major sponsor, disappeared for a little bit of time, but then showed up at lowers riding non-pointy thrusters, and really has become the standout surfer at lowers. So much so that that same sponsor actually came back and tried to re-sign him. Then I saw Victor surfing for myself and I asked a little bit more about his backstory. And as I got more information, I figured that if I was gonna to get to know Victor, I might as well record the conversation. So here, I'll share it with you. My name is David Scales, and this is my introduction to perhaps your new favorite server, Victor Bernardo. Enjoy. Let's start with where are you from? I'm from Guarujá, a little town close by the ocean. By the ocean, not close. <laughs> uh, in Sao Paulo. Okay. Big, big city. Not the big city, we say Sao Paulo, but people think it's the big city, but it's right on the beach, and that's where I grew up. And yeah, I come from a poor community. Uh, if it wasn't for surfing, surfing I don't know what, what I would be doing. Surf, surf changed my life. Really? It really did. Um, what do people do in the community then to, uh, make, to make money? Like, what's the industry? They, they work, you know, like, it's just people that don't make much money, you know, like, they come from poor community. Some people become athletes. I have a really good friend I went to preschool with. He's a huge soccer player, you know. Uh, some others are in prison. Some are dead. Mm. You know, and yeah, it's just like a group of people, not a group, it's like a, you call it a little community because it's a lot of people, but a lot of people that don't have a future, you know, like they, I don't know, I, I would say they, they don't have many opportunities, but also you got to make your opportunity to happen, you know, you got to like reach out to people, you gotta make it happen for you to be able to get out there and whatever it takes, you know, 
if you really want to achieve your dreams, you gotta work for it. But also, my family really helped me. My dad is like really on point on what I do and what I shouldn't do, you know, and who I'm with, and that really helped. And I'm really glad that my dad did that to me and my, you know, my family. And I started surfing when I was four because of my dad and my my uncle, brother, my whole group of friends. Uh, like I said, some are in prison, some are dead. But it is what it is. Um, so I started surfing when I was four, competing when I was around six, when Ademir, um, one of the guys that was like a coach, he's like a coach in the town. And he saw me surfing, he told my dad that I should be competing, which I did for, I don't know, majority of the time of my, you know, I'm here um, not competing anymore but my whole life I competed and that's what got me out out there and didn't really have like crazy gnarly results I had like a few that I can list and it felt good you know <laughs> how, how old are you I'm 25 right now okay um you talked about people didn't have opportunity was surfing an actual opportunity? Was there a way to make a living off it when you were coming up? Were there people making a living off of it? Oh, yeah. Um, there were so many people um, that I looked up for. Looked up? Yeah, looked up to. Le yeah, exactly. Looked up to. Sorry, my English is a little... No, it's all good. Rusty. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people I looked up to, and they were professional surfers. They are professional surfers nowadays still, but... Um, they they had the life that I always wanted, you know, traveling the world, surfing perfect waves, doing contests, which I don't do anymore, but <laughs> it feels better that way. And um, I always watched movies, and that's what got me most excited. I had a big old poster of Kelly's later on my wall. Which poster? It was or which image? Uh, it was him doing a turn. Um, wearing a white board short. He wasn't bald at that time. <laughs> Is it at Sebastian Inlet? I'm not like sure. Like a front side? I'm not sure. Okay. It's a classic. It's a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, but I'm not, I don't remember like exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a big old poster of Kelly Slater. And um, when I was about eight to nine years old, I got sponsored by Hang Loose. Yeah. Which is a huge brand in Brazil. And Fabio Gouveia is the main guy, you know. And I really always looked up to him and always watched him surfing. And I feel like he helped me a lot by um, calming, making myself calm on a surfboard. Mm. I love the way he tucks his back knee. And it's like really similar to Tom Curran, mm. which I think he says that. He looked up to Tom Curry a lot, and I really, it really inspires me, you know, inspired me. And also, I watched Trilogy, Snapped 2 at the time, um, a lot. Modern Collective was, uh, like, just com coming out. I think um, Stranger Than Fiction 2. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite movies that I would play and repeat. You know, like, mm -hmm. 
play and play a lot. And watching those waves really had me like, whoa, I wonder how it, how it is to surf a wave like that, you know? Because in Brazil and especially where I live, we don't have reefs. We don't have perfect waves, you know? It's like average beach breaks. It gets good sometimes. But most of the time it's like windy and not that good. Um, but it's all about surfing. I think if you're out there in the water, it doesn't really matter how the waves are. <laughs> Who are the other pros from the area? Um, Adriano de Souza is from where I live. Uh, also, Kaya Belly, Jesse Mendes, um, a bunch of others that don't really compete anymore. Chinguinha, um, a bunch of names that if I say you don't even won't even know. <laughs> yeah, but, but a lot of examples of yeah. people who've made it to the world level. Yeah, exactly. Jorge well, Olivense is one of them too. Um, Paulo Matos, his brothers, um, yeah, a, a few. <laughs> what did your parents do for work? My dad, um, he does deals with construction. Okay. So he's a painter. He's a how would you say a man for for every uh, contractor? No, or like oversees the job and he. Uh, it's like a saying that you guys have here. I just went blank and I forgot. But it's he's a man of all, all oh, jobs. Jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Yep. Yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, yep. <laughs> he, um, he does whatever. Good. Yeah. And so he supported your surfing? Was he? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, he surfs his, you know, since he's young too. It's the exact opposite here largely where... Um, surfing is counterculture. Like the idea, the stereotype of surfing is that you don't work and that you just want to get away from actual going to school and all that stuff. And you just want to hang out at the beach all day. So you don't see a lot of fathers who uh, support the kids surf unless they're going to be a professional surfer, I suppose, you know, like the NSSA dads and that sort of thing. So it's good to hear that he saw that as an opportunity for you to succeed in life? Uh, I would say that he he just wanted me to be happy. Good. He didn't That's a great it, father. Yeah, he didn't see it as an opportunity like that, I don't think. He always would say, hey, remember, just have fun, you know? Like, yeah. You're not, f he never forced me to serve or to get out there. Okay. It's all, it was always my will. My, me wanting Your to desire, do it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I think I would say that, but can't change the past. But if I had him on every contest, it would be different. <laughs> In which way? Like, to calm me down and not oh, okay. put that pressure that, you know, like, sponsors and all of that put. I uh, would be way more relaxed. And um, a bunch of contests that he was, I won. Oh, interesting. Wow. And... I felt good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you talked about that first sponsorship with Hang Loose. What did they expect of you? They really, they were letting me be. Like, they wanted me to just compete and... So they wanted you to compete, though? Grow, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I was young, but they wanted me to travel. They put me on a lot of trips. They were the the ones that helped me 
get my family out of the community. So at 11 years old, I was paying my bill, like my house bills. Wow. Yeah. I was the one that was paying for a rent, you know, through my sponsor. And like I said, if it wasn't for surfing, I don't know. <laughs> did um, that, did you feel pressure? No, by doing that? not at that time. I didn't. Um, later on, I did because I knew I had to m have results. Like, not hang loose, but other sponsors were like, if you don't get results, we, you know, you're not going to have sponsors anymore. And, you know, you're going to get kicked out and stuff like that. But it is what it is. Um, I did go through some time that I barely had money to pay the bills. Um, but how life is ups and downs you know like in everything i feel like if you have perseverance yeah and you want you you, you dream big you know like you work for it it happens like there is no way you're doing the right thing um something good won't happen to you you know like that's how i feel and that's how i roll Great. Keep it up. Keep that perseverance. There's a lot of people get derailed on the path, mm -hmm. but I agree with you. Perseverance is key. Just yeah. stay on track. Yeah, of course. Um, so you're 11 years old. You have money coming in from surfing. You're paying the bills. Were you traveling internationally at that point? Yeah, I did my first trip ever to Peru. Mm. It was to begin with, we were doing like once a one international trip a year. Okay. So until I was like 12, 13. Okay. And then I started traveling a lot, like when I was 14 and and up. So my first trip ever was to Peru. I was 11 or 12. Um, I was even going through some pictures the other day. It was <laughs> really nice. Um, second trip ever was to El Salvador. Um, and then at that trip, I got a board sponsor. I had a I had one before. It was, was Tiago Bastos, but even before that, it was Hard Wave. I even he sponsored Adriano when oh, he was okay. a kid. So yeah, I even served on Adriano's little boards when he, he you know, but he had a bunch of logos on it. Also hang loose, but other logos on it, and I will never forget that it was sick. Yeah. To get Adrian was born and surf on it when I was like eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and then Tiago Bastos, which is called TBC in Rio, he would ship me boards and always. At that time, I, I was living at the community still. So hardly ever we had a big truck dropping stuff. So um, it was a spe like a UPS or. Not normal, like something like a delivery company. Not even UPS, because UPS is com common. So it was like a big truck, blue truck. It said Brass Press, and I would always be so happy when I saw, you know, like that truck. It was like twice a year. <laughs> but it had my brand new boards, so I was like sick. And, yeah, after that, um, and that year I went... Like I was saying, I went to El Salvador. I got a brand new um, board sponsor, which was Shine Surfboards. 
and I stayed with them for like 11 years of my life. I competed, I traveled, and I remember getting those first board. It was like a 5-0, a 5-2, and a 5-4. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tiny. To go, and even a 5-6, to go on a trip to El Salvador. And yeah, it was a sick trip. It was a group of friends, a little, little kids, but also good surfers that some made it out, like Lucas Silvera, um, Luan Wood, still competes, but in Brazil's, um, Sidney Guimarães, Leonardo Guimarães, um, some friends, some group of friends, and my coach, which is Paulo Kiji. He, he was the one that um, helped me my whole career, and he still does. Um, uh, what else? Was it for a surf contest, or was it just a photo trip? It was just a training trip. You know, gotcha. First, you know, surfing perfect waves for, like, the second time ever. <laughs> gotcha. So um, when did you get an opportunity to kind of, uh, from an international surf brand, to kind of promote you on a larger scale? How old were you? I was 17 to 18. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Was that because of your contest results, or was it because of your free surf ability? Uh. I think contests, okay, maybe for our surfing. I think a group of things. To be honest, it was Billabong at the time. And what year would that have been? Two thousand fifteen. Okay. Um, and what were their expectations of you? Did they want you to compete? Was there anything in the contract goals that you had to meet or anything like that? Yeah, so, uh, so the year before, sorry, the year before 2014, I was sponsored by Hanglus and Red Bull. And that helped me travel even more. Um, but yeah, 2015 is when I got sponsored by Billabong. And yeah, there were clauses on the contract that if I made it to the CT, I would get double, you know, like, and that I had to get results and stuff like that. But and do photo shoot, go places with them to shoot and stuff. But, yeah, I don't want to, that's something I don't want to talk about much. <laughs> um, did you want to travel? I mean, was it your goal to be on the CT? Yeah. Okay. My goal. So this is a great goal. opportunity, though. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I had the opportunity on, on Hanglis, though. I yeah. was traveling worldwide. Okay. Doing the QS. Um, yeah, I would travel, like, stay more away from home than in, at home when I was 14, 15. Uh, I was also traveling Brazil-wide, like to do um, Brazilian contests. Some of the contests my dad would drive. Oh, wow. Like long distance, like 16 hours away with me. And um, David Silva was, a re- like, he is still, but he was really good friend at that time that we were we would travel together me my dad and his dad and and him to contest and i remember this one we went all the way to south of brazil it was like 16 hour drive my dad didn't did not want anybody to drive so he drove the whole (laughs) way (laughs) that's a dad move yeah it was so funny and yeah um i had great experiences uh, trips memories I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, is there a career path or was there for you to be just a free surfer? Um, 
No, but I always had it in mind. Like, if contests don't go, you know, my way or winning, uh, I just want to surf. <laughs> and when the opportunity to be part of album surfboards came up, I was like, hell yeah, you know? Yeah. I had nothing at the time, and I was just working to do the QS, which I saw it would be easier for me to be in USA, make USA money instead of making reais, which is like five times less, mm. you know? Like a dollar is five reais. And if I want a dollar, I have to have five reais. So <laughs> yeah, imagine 5,000 um, 5, reais is a thousand. Yeah. And that really doesn't like even buy an international flight ticket. Right, right, right. So I came here with my wife, Johnny, and uh, stayed with her and her mom in Palm Springs for like about six months. Um, but even before that, I got deported. No way. Because, yeah, because Johnny, well, she went to Brazil and she lived with me for a while. So for her to be able to stay there, we had to get married which was really young, like 22 or 23. Um, she'll kill me with this, she says this, <laughs> that I don't know exactly what age right. I was. <laughs> um, you had a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she stayed there for like two years, I would say. Um, and we had to get married for her to get be able to stay there. Sure. Just as if any other foreign people. So, yeah, her document came out, like, super quick. And it was at the time with the COVID, when COVID happened and all that. And so, yeah, she got her document super quick. She stayed there, and then we were like, okay, COVID is done. Um, not done, but it was, like, calming down. And she was like, I want to be with my family, you know, like, I want to be with my mom, my auntie. And I was like, all right, let's Let's go. But I knew it would be a hustle and it would be hard. So we got all the documents ready and she spoke to the CBP people. She said that um, they all confirmed. Even when I, we got in the travel day, we got into the, the airport in Guarulhos, Sao Paulo. And then there were CBP officers there and they... Um, confirmed that I was good to go with all the documents I had. And then we flew into Texas, and that's when I didn't see her for five months. Oh, my gosh. They said, yeah, just at the, the kiosk. They said for her to go and then for me to stay and do some other things, like fingerprints, some questions and stuff. And they were like, yeah, we'll see her in five minutes. Did not see her for like five months. <laughs> and did they, did they put you on a plane and send you back to Brazil? Yeah, they kept me in a room like without a phone or even shoelaces. They take out shoelaces and all that shit. Like, it's insane. Did they think you they were did. a threat? They thought that my marriage was a scum. Okay. They said that it was a 90-day fiancé thing. Got it. Which... Not really, because I'm being with her for eight years now. And she lived in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, and she lived in Brazil. She had her document. But yeah, I don't know. It was weird. And then I went back home. I stayed home for a while. And it was the longest time I stayed at home for before I started traveling when I was a kid. So I stayed home for like two years straight. I even traveled around Brazil. 
went to Matheus Erdi's place and stayed for like a month just so I could surf different waves and stuff. And also at COVID, when COVID happened, where I live, they weren't allowing allowing us to surf, mm. which a lot of other places do. But there was weird because people were getting arrested for going surfing. And stuff. Crazy. Crazy. So where Matilda D lives, that wasn't ha- happening. Okay. So I went there and served with them for a while. Um, so, yeah, I got deported. And I was like, ah, you know, sh- shit happens. I, I would just stay here and enjoy home, enjoy my family, and wait until I'm able to go. And I saw some opportunities here. And even <laughs> right before, which is funny, people think it's a lie and all, but I, um, me and my friends were all really big fans of the different boards, like Twin Fins and all. And album was one we looked up and right before uh, that day I left Brazil I was like the, the last time so I, I've been here for like almost a year now and I told him hey I'm gonna make I'm gonna at least have a board album board for us to surf <laughs> you told who uh, a friend of mine called Dario Costa okay he's like a master chef um, Brazil-wide famous, even worldwide famous, is huge. And he also serves, and we met in around 2015. And we always would surf together. And one of the trips I did with him was to Mexico, and I didn't have a main sponsor anymore. I got dropped from my last sponsor, and I blew out my last few bucket bucks I had to go on a free surf trip instead of going on a on a contest trip, I was like, whatever. It was just you know, ra- I'd rather go have fun than travel to the other side of the world and lose first round. <laughs> so I'll just go have fun with my friends and surf perfect waves because I don't know when I will be able to do that next. So I went there and he had a a twin fin. Uh, um, blank on the brand now but I think it's 70 surfboards yeah 70 surfboards and he had a twin fin a 5.7 that he was surfing on a type of fins of keels and I was like come on you gotta put uprights on this thing and I and put uprights on it and I surfed on it it felt amazing even before the trip I was like make sure you, you bring that board <laughs> So, yeah, uh, he brought the board, and I had a, such a fun surf on it. And I saw an opportunity. Not opportunity. I was like, I want to do this forever, you know. I wanna, I just want to surf on on fun boards in perfect ways instead of putting on a jersey and feeling that pressure. Because at that few years, my last few years competing, I had a lot of pressure because um, I didn't have a sponsor anymore, and I was blowing out the less savings I had for my family to pay the bills and stuff. And now it was even more frustrating because I would travel to the other side of the world and get bit by point zero zero one or, you know, point zero point zero, like small, very small points. 
that would make a huge difference for me because I would make more money to bring back and, you know, pay the bills and support my family. And not saying that my dad doesn't do that, but he he's, he doesn't have enough. Right. You know? Yeah, you have a earning potential exactly. that nobody else has. Exactly. And, yeah, it was really hard on me. I, I went through depression. I was really sad at the moment, but also had the support of my family, which was really relieving. And my wife, they all were really calming me down and putting me to the right path. Was there any conversation that you could have had with the sponsor to say, hey, I know want I no longer am passionate about competing and I'd rather just go on surf trips and, you know, provide content essentially? Or were they did you have that conversation? Were they not interested in that? No, it was just a bye bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause they expected you to win contests. Yeah, and gotcha. I wasn't doing that good. But also, yeah, I think COVID happened. And no, it was even before COVID. What am I saying? It was like a, a year before COVID. So like that ha that all happened in to early 2019, I think. Okay. Um, so I just received a, sorry, I just no, no, received no, no. a letter on the on my, at my house and an email saying that I no longer would be sponsored by that brand and I was like it was really heartbreaking for me absolutely it made me really think about not even um, competing anymore but I also had a couple co-sponsors that also wanted me to keep competing and they supported me but not you know in a, in a way that I could travel and not think about using my backup money yeah. So the you think that your um, losing heats was directly tied to the amount of pressure that you felt to oh, win yeah. those heats? Yeah. yeah. But also nothing that I could do, you know, like Yeah. I when you're competing you you deal with mother nature and I knew I had the surfing to make heats, but I also didn't want to fake my surfing. I mm -hmm. never will change my surfing because of the judges. Right. You know, like, I don't like the faking that that turn was hard <laughs> when it was a turn that I did in my way, you know, like, mm -hmm. which I, what I think surfing is so weird about. People have to surf the way the judges want to, not the way they, they want to, you know. Yeah. And I don't like that, you no. know. <laughs> I don't think it's it's good. Um, competitive professional surfing. Some people are obsessed with it, and it is their whole life. But if you look at surfing globally, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of what surfing is. Yeah. You know, and you, to your point, maybe you can't make a living off of all of these other ways to surf. You have to have a job, and then you can just surf for fun. But uh, I agree with you that it's kind of absurd to think that you have to surf to a criteria. Exactly, and his style isn't even there. <laughs> Style's not accounted for at his all. Style isn't even there. Yeah, on that criteria, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, like I, I think Ethan Ewing should have made a lot of more heats. <laughs> you know, he won a contest finally. Yeah. And he did. I gladly that I'm so glad that he did, and he showed so much style and 
great surfing to the to the world. He was able to put put to heats together and stuff, but I don't think head snaps wins <laughs> um, great style. Yeah, and a clean surfing on the rail, but the judges do. <laughs> uh, let's talk about style a little bit. Do you think style can be learned? Uh. Yeah, of course. You think? Yeah, my style was super ugly when I was a was kid. It? Yeah, I think it. I'm getting to the point that I like it now. <laughs> what changed, or how did? I mean, obviously, contest surfing versus not. But what did you do? Did you watch other surfing? Do you actively think about where to put your hands? How do yeah. you adjust your style? Yeah, for sure. My coach Paulo Kiji helped me a lot by doing. Um, Videos reveals. Okay. You know, I would I, w- I was searching like with my arm up here <laughs> when I was a kid. I was like, ah, you know, but also surfing perfect ways helped a lot. You know, surfing good ways. You have the time to think, and an open face, long open open face for you to calm down, bottom turn. You know, do a turn and stuff, and also different boards. I surfed on different boards my whole life. Ever since I got that sponsor uh, when I was a, a kid, I was always curious, too, on how a twin fin would surf or how a single fin would surf or how, a, you know. And also, I surfed on my dad's board a lot, which was way bigger, and I had to calm down. I had to chill, you know. But, yeah, the surfing better way has helped a lot. And watching yourself surf, having that person tell you, what to do and also surf movies. I sur- I watched Trilogy. Can't even count how many times I watched Trilogy or Snap 2 or Modern Collective, a bunch of other movies, which is what surfing, what gets you excited to go surf. And that's what I do today. And I'm really glad I sometimes receive messages saying, hey, you're, you're ripping, keep going, like, I, I love watching you surf, and that's even better than winning a contest to me. Really? You know, like, that's huge. I have that feeling is awesome, and I'm really glad, and I'm in a good headspace right now and enjoying surfing. I was telling my friends the other day, I have that same feeling I had when I was five, six years old, when I was learning how to surf. When there was no pressure. Exactly. Exactly. And I love it. Um, whose style do you admire? I will always say that I make my own hero. Like, I watch all the surfers. Like, all the CT surfers, even a bunch of free surfers. Um, can't wait to go on a trip with Asher Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of my favorites for sure. But yeah, Kelly, um, Andy, that sadly died. Um, Joe, Mick, Fabio Govea for sure. Tom Curran, Tom Carroll, Potts. Um, so many, <laughs> so many that I look up and. I admire their their style, and I try to make my own, of course. 
but they inspire me a lot. Yeah. And still inspire. It's good advice um, for anybody listening. You kept referencing just slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good advice for anybody who surfs. Yeah, of course. And not only, sorry, in surfing, life too. It's never, it will never be what exactly what you want to your life, you know. It's what it has to be. And you don't, you can't change your life. or your. I mean, you can, but you can't force it. It has to be naturally, you know. I was forcing my way into the CT and it never happened. Yeah. And I had a second thought in mind that I always thought about being a free surfer and now I'm here, you know. Well, explain how that opportunity presented itself. You said you made it back to America. You're living in Palm Springs. For listeners who don't live in Southern California, Palm Springs is the desert. Yes, exactly. It's it's two hours from the ocean. Yeah, two hours Um, and 30 minutes. And there's a couple of wave pools out there now. Not yet. Well, they're not open (laughs) yet, but they are building them. Yeah. Um, I've surfed one of them, but they're not open. Um, At any rate, you're two and a half hours from the ocean. So how did, were you sponsorless when you were living in the desert? Yeah. Okay, so you're sponsorless. Your competitive career is gone. How did these new opportunities present themselves? So my competitive career wasn't really gone. I was, like I said, I was really thinking about, I was working, thinking about my next contest when I would compete again. What were you doing for work? I was working with uh, my wife's uncle at his catering company. Oh, okay. So working at high-end parties. Mm Mm-hmm. And when my when my when I made it back, I was able to work. So because I had a, I have a green card now, and I worked at a bunch of different jobs, but all serving as a server. Because Johnny, my wife, ser- serves, and I see that she makes great money doing it. And I I tried doing it, and it worked, and I made some money to. Um, we're looking forward to like build up some money because I really barely had any money when I was living in Brazil yeah. for the past few years. One or one or two years where I had to use my savings from my last sponsorship because I also blowing money going on contests and you know so I had that vision of me coming here and working and traveling around America doing the regionals. Oh, okay. And maybe possibly get a sponsor again and get back on track on competing. But I didn't know know how to get into free surfing. And all of a sudden I received a message from Album saying, hey, would you like to stop by and have a little talk? And, you know, like we can talk about you writing for us and how that would work, and right off the bat, they said, you you won't be able to compete anymore. I was like, oh, shit, it's a big deal, you know? Like, it's crazy how things work, how things work. I always look back my whole entire life, and I play a little movie, and it's crazy how I was, like, you know, finding my way, and competing, traveling the world, meeting new people, and now I'm here, 
in America, I don't want to live here forever. I don't feel home. I don't feel like home. Uh, people that I met make me feel that way, but I don't feel like home. You know, yeah, home is where my family is and where my friends are, real friends, and I want to go back and forth maybe because my wife is from here, so I can't. I also force her to live there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, now I am gladly living my my dream. Well, I, I always did, of course, my whole my dream. Sorry, but I the dream wanna, changed. Yeah, I don't want to get that wrong. I, my dream was always to live off of surfing. Yeah. No matter what, and my only opportunity when I was growing up was to be a competitor. Yeah. And now things changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you connect with album, uh, presumably they give you a couple of boards to try and how did that feel? What was that experience? <laughs> so first time I ever came to the shop, you know, when he plays that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the light shines down. Yeah. I even remember the, exactly how it happened. I went to open the door and the door was like kind of stuck. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so the boys were like, um, Hunter and, and, and Chris were working that day and they were like just push i was like <laughs> i pushed and felt like i was gonna break the door i was like oh shit <laughs> it's hard to get in huh <laughs> <laughs> and literally it's hard to be out part of album and you know yeah it's a small team <laughs> inside joke there <laughs> and so it was like 4 30 in the afternoon i was chatting with mike for 30 minutes and he grabbed a board, a client board, I think, out of the rack, and he was like, I think this one fits you. And it was a, it was used, but it was barely served on, you know, brand new board. So I was like, he was like, yeah, try this, this board tomorrow. And I looked at my watch. I was like, no way, I'm going to surf right now. <laughs> so he grabbed a set of fins off uh, Matt's desk, and gave me the board, and he was like, yeah, so then get out there, go surf. I was like, hell yeah. I went straight to Lowers, stopped at the Carl's Jr. parking lot, and called a friend that lives really close by. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? He was like, I just, I'm exactly, like, at the moment, in my car, parking at my garage, but he lives, like, two minutes away from Carl's Jr. So I was like, can you drop me off at Lowers? And the lowers drop off. And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So it was me and Hebert, a friend of mine. So we put the boys on the back of his truck. He drove there. We served. It was like so, it was so nice to surf on a board, um, album board, and have that feeling, you know, like chilling that, that was something I would I would do for the rest of my life, you know, just chill and surf, and enjoy. And I had my, I would say my best friend, Herbert Moreno. Um, that day, and we had a blast. It was like tiny, tiny, but the waves are fun and beautiful sunset, and it was like a blessing to me. And so we we walk up, and my friend get, gives me a ride again. We put the boards exactly the way he went, 
back on the on the back of the truck and i guess you you can tell what's gonna happen from now <laughs> i was hoping it wasn't going that way <laughs> so yeah my friend starts driving on the freeway it's like literally one exit yeah doors drop off to carl's jr where my car was yeah he drives and i'm also telling him about the board telling having you know that pulse surf talk with my friend and other friend Yufu. And all of a sudden we look back and my friend's surfboard is like this, like almost flying out. And the album board had all <laughs> already flown. <laughs> so we drove, we got out of the car, Hebert fall falls because there was a little thing, he falls on his face. <laughs> uh, it was so funny, but at the same time so like I was so nervous. I was yeah, like, oh, shit, I lost album, a brand new album board. This is your new opportunity with your new employer. Uh, but I guess when it goes that way, it's like oh, it's supposed to happen, you know, like how you, best way to start off, Yeah, I would say. <laughs> best, worst way to start off. It's a story. It's a good story. Exactly. It was crazy. And then. So did you find the board? No. <laughs> Crazy board still missing. If you're a listener, you're out there. There is a missing board. It's a Twinsman. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what size, but I think it was like five ten. Twinsman, Asher Pacey fins, <laughs> the tie dye red fins, which is was matte. And so I called Mike. I was like, "Hey, Mike, the board was amazing, dude." Like. Seriously, it wasn't even my size, but I had a blast on it. But there is one thing that happened, and I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. We got on the freeway, and the board flew out of the back of the truck. <laughs> and yeah, I can't. We couldn't find the board, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Mike was so worried about the fins, not about the board. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine that. Actually. He was like, "Bro." It's mad, th th those were Matt's fins, and we're not gonna get those for a while. I was like, What about the board? He was like, Ah, no worries, shit happened. You know, <laughs> it happened before. I'll tell you a bunch of stories of that happening, and he did. It was crazy, but yeah, board is still missing. Never found the board. That's crazy. Where could it possibly go? I, th I honestly think somebody behind us saw the board. Flying away and then grabbed it right away. I mean, left. like you said, that's one exit. There's a quarter of a mile. You think by the time you pulled over, you would have seen them pulling over too to grab the board or something. Oh, it was it was yeah. at night already. Oh, okay. So it was like, yeah, like we left the beach. The sunset was already okay going down. It was like nighttime. Gotcha. And then me and my friend Hebert walked on the side of the freeway at night. A bunch of big rigs honking, sketchiest thing ever. Totally. Trying to find the board, and we couldn't find it. Next morning, first thing in the morning, I me and him again, um, walked on the side of the road, walked on the bushes over there. We found, like, an old longboard, <laughs> beat-up <laughs> longboard, but we did not find the album board that I lost. What a bummer. Yeah, it was crazy. Did Matt reach out to you or album reach out to you just because they saw Instagram clips of you? Was that why they DM'd you? Um, so Mike said that he watches me surf since I was 
13, 14 years old. Okay. Which is when I lived with the Marshalls for a while. Oh, I see. Okay. I lived with Jake Marshall and his family for I don't even know how long. Every time I would come here, I would stay with them. And gotcha. Then there was this one time I stayed here for like five months, I think. Okay. And yeah, they really, I call them my family here. And his mom, my mom, <laughs> yeah. you know. And the, the, the his brothers, Nick and Connor. And so, yeah, Mike said that he saw me surfing um, lowers this one time with so Jake was out there, Griffin was out there, and him and his friend, they were like, oh, this, this guy has good potential. So I guess he let me do my thing for a few years, and now that he saw the opportunity for me to ride for album, that he works for album too, and he invited me in, and all of a sudden everything has been happening. Good. Um, what a bunch of my old sponsor that kicked me out reached out to me saying that they wanted to get, have me back in the brand and stuff but uh, a few other sponsor opportunities um, brands big brands too and when I saw that Banks offered to I was like oh my god I love this clothes I love the way they you know they have their brand it's like simple and looks good and I picture myself writing for them and here I am. <laughs> so writing for album, um, June Shine, Pedal Bike, um, Zion Wetsuits. Uh, I had to keep my co-sponsors from Brazil because I love the people and I love representing them, which is Praia Beer, a beer company, um, Jibo Acai. An acai brand and uh, Full Wax for sure. Full Wax is my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, now I rely on those people and I'm glad and happy to say that they are supporting me and having my back. They are making my dream come true and I'm really thankful. Um, when you got st received all that interest and those offers from big brands, was it because you started working with Album and Album had put out videos of you and your profile was a little bit more yeah, elevated? Yeah, for okay. sure. For so sure. they saw all that and then they were like, hey. Um, with the one sponsorship that you said dropped you previously, when they reached out to you, how did you respond to them? I said, Did you respond to them? Uh, yeah, I had a person take care of oh, okay. my things. You have management? I, yeah. Okay. But I told them... Yeah, I would gladly work for you guys again, but man, things are different now, you know. Okay. I'm not going to compete. They were like, yeah, we know, we know. But but you just had other opportunities. Yeah, I had other opportunities, and I don't know. It just felt better to work and be connected to some, some other people and brands. And yeah. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm stoked. Waterwaystravel.com for anyone who wants to save both time and money. Imagine that. You can rely on experts in their field. You can rely on people who are passionate about their work. 
And that is exactly how Waterways came into existence. It is because the founder, Sean Murphy, was passionate about surf exploration. It wasn't even intended to be a business. He was just traveling, surfing, and uh, found some world-class waves, developed connections with people in those locations, and now you and I can benefit from all of that R&D. He has done countless trips around the world since 1994, and as you know, with surf travel, you're not always scoring. Sometimes you're getting skunked, but the reality is because Sean did it for all these years, you and I don't have to get skunked. We benefit from all of the knowledge that Sean and his staff um, has gained over the years and made available to you and I. So visit waterwaystravel.com and they will tell you exactly when to go where, what to bring, make sure that you're comfy and well-fed. They will ensure that you have whatever level of luxury and accommodation that you require and making sure that you will score along the way. They are your one-stop surf travel concierge. Epic service, travel intelligently at waterwaystravel.com. Enjoy. When you're hiring for a small business, you wanna find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Do you have a board model that you're working on with album? I saw something here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we have one. Uh, Matt wanted to call Bon Dia. Bon Dia is good morning in Portuguese. And it's a ASIN quad that is a would say a vessel <laughs> a vessel yeah it's like a board that is out of out of control really? <laughs> it's so good so fast and it works really good and every condition i went to mexico and that board felt amazing and barrel conditions backside front side i have a lot of people asking me if asim asymmetrical boards work only one way and I tell them hey it's not that way I I didn't even know to be honest before I a, a few years back when I wasn't really paying attention to those and um, yeah the asymmetrical boards work every way just depends on what um, your stance is so it's made for a regular foot or 
goofy footer. But a lot of people don't know, and they ask, and they see it, they're like, oh, how does it work going backside? Right. I'm like, it works really good. It works normally, you know. Yeah. And what What do you think the value of asymmetry is? It really, um, man, it really adapts to your surfing, you know. Like, going front side, you don't put as much pressure as you put on or backside are the opposite way. So it's certain made for backside when you're going backside and when you're going frontside it, it's gonna work different but really good still, you know? Like yeah. It's not gonna work the same frontside and backside. Right. So when you go backside it works really good and when you go frontside it works really good too. Yeah. But it's not the same same and yeah. Like it has a little difference when you're going backside and you Frontside. Um, I'll explain it a little bit for listeners who haven't yeah. tried it. Um, essentially, if you look down at your foot, your toes, your so your sta- the stringer. Let's say goes right in the middle of your foot. So your foot's bisected by the stringer. The front half of your foot, your toes, are thin, and they have the ability to leverage, meaning pull up and push down. The back of your foot is heavy. It's thicker, and it really only has the ability to push, not so much pull. So it doesn't make sense to make the toe side of your board the same as the back as your heel side of your board, because your foot has different abilities. So asymmetry, it designs that toe side of the board, you know, maybe thinner with different contours, different outline, and your heel side of your board maybe a little bit thicker, you know, a bit able to handle more of that weight. And so to your point, like you're saying, it doesn't matter whether you're going front side or back side. All that matters is that your toe side of your board is designed for the toe side of your foot. Yeah. And the heel side of your board is designed for the heel side of your foot. Yeah. Thank you for explaining it better. (laughs) So it might be that you're going front side and you're doing a bottom turn, but ultimately when you transition the board, you're using the heel side rail. Pushing. You're still going front side, but using the heel side rail. So Mm -hmm. that kind of effect translates to going backside and going bottom turn and then, you know. Yeah. So it's designing the board for your foot, essentially, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it adapts to the human body better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Can you tell, I don't know if this is public knowledge or we're allowed to talk about it, but can you tell the story behind that specific board's design before it came to you? Do you know it? I don't even know if I should tell. Okay. um, I'll tell it anyway. Let's tell (laughs) it and I'll ask Matt. And if he wants me to cut it, I'll cut it. So this board was designed for Cali to try at um, the AC acid drop. Yeah, the electric acid surfboard test. Yeah, exactly. And so the backstory is Kelly was supposed to do that as their pilot, their test pilot. And for whatever reason, he wasn't able to. Yeah. But Matt had designed a board for Kelly specifically. Yeah, I think so. And so Kelly tried the board. I think um, at Haleiva. Oh, I didn't know that he actually surfed it. Yeah, he, oh. really, he had a great time on a good, good session. And also Sebastian Williams tried the board, and he was going bananas on it too. But I was the the one that got the board attached to under my name and um, the one that represents that board now. And Is it even available yet? Yeah, it's just oh, it, it okay. just became available. Cool. And yeah, I'm really stoked on that board and also I think um boards are different boards are 
of course, good for every every each, every in each condition. And I have a little quiver going on now, and I'm having so much fun on every board. Like I see the condition, like oh, it's small, so graveler models, mm -hmm. you know, like will go good, or it's bigger, so cruisy board, like asymmetric, and I think it doesn't really matter how the ways are. It really matters what on is what you have under your feet. And the reason why I'm having so much fun and I feel like a little kid again is that I'm trying a, a bunch of different boards and, and it's giving me something to look forward and have fun and, and you know, yeah, be curious about and work on something. Sorry about my English this whole thing, this whole time. No, uh, it's great so actually. I guess all of you know my English is my second language. <laughs> <laughs> Um, trying my best here. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Um, you. What, are you, what are your ambitions now for your current career? Are you? Do you have travel scheduled? What do you want to do? I just want to enjoy surfing and have fun. I don't really um, have ambitions. I just I just want to chill and enjoy surfing. My my new way of. Um, showing that we don't need to put on a jersey and try to be better than the other person, you know? Does it help if you travel the world and go on photo trips to Yeah, that? of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's really good. But what I'm saying is people, even our lowers, you're not doing, doing a heat against anybody. You don't need to paddle battle to... You know, go around and stuff like that. It's just enjoy and have fun. People are trying to be better than each other all day, every day. When um, trying to prove stuff, you know, I just want to be myself and chill. Yeah. I don't want to be compared. I cut my hair because of it was being compared to so many other surfers. Really? And other people that I don't really want that. I want to be me. I want to be Victor. You There's know, There's more people who have a bald head than people who have long hair. Exactly. <laughs> now you're going to get compared to Kelly Slater. And <laughs> yeah, no, but not all of them are have dark skin and have long hair. You True. Know? Um, what, uh, what do your sponsors expect of you? I mean, when you were competing, they had expectations. I would imagine now there's still an expectation for you to maintain a social profile or to post a certain number of times. What do they expect? They expect just me to be me, just be me myself. And if you deleted Instagram, would I they would be okay mind. with that? Yeah. Would they be okay with that, though? I think so. Really? Yeah. I, I think they have their Instagram, so they would promote me on their Instagram. So it doesn't really matter if I have Instagram or not, which I wish they would say, hey, they don't even need Instagram anymore. <laughs> do you feel like it's a burden? <laughs> yeah. Um, I always felt, always feels good when I go to Indo and let go of my phone and yeah. don't even go on social media. Yeah, yeah. I feel like social media is good but bad at the same time. And a lot of the times people are just talking shit about other people, trying to hide behind their phone, you know. A bunch of fake profiles saying a bunch of shit, you know. Yeah. And it's just weird. I don't know. Um, 
what surf media do you follow nowadays? You talked about when you were growing up, the videos that you used to watch. What do you pay attention to nowadays? Uh, I don't really pay attention to surf media um, websites or anything like that. I follow the surfers and what they do. I feel like that's better. Most of the time, surf media is the, when you do interviews, stuff like that, they change, you know, a little to, I don't know, be a clickbait mm-hmm. and have people's attention. And that's not the way it's supposed to be, you know. Um, I just follow a bunch of the people that I know. and Turn the mic a little bit. A bunch of the people that I know and... Um, a bunch of friends I made on d- during my year, my competition years, and yeah, I try to only see surfing on Instagram, but it's hard. <laughs> People are showing too much of their their lives, and I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, I wish we had more surf movies coming out instead of Insta clips. <laughs> well, the, I mean, if you, the only way to find surf movies is to go to those webs go to surf websites at this point. I mean stab will post movies. Yeah. So that's where you I guess they'd be advertised on Instagram first so you can learn about it there. I do go on YouTube and search the movies that I meant mentioned before. Yeah. The old movies. Yeah. A lot more than I go on Stab or Surfline or all those gotcha. Websites. I just I don't know. There's something about watching a real long movie that is a much more value to me. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Laurie Towner's new movie? Yeah. Uh, no. Slow Lane. It's no. In Australia. No. It's sick. It's an hour long. Just came out like a week ago. Uh-huh. It's really good. I didn't yet. Um. Do you think you'll ever reconsider competitive surfing? It would be fun to surf on the Bungia board and maybe put a few hits together. Only if the waves are good. <laughs> Where would you want to compete? I don't want what venue or I don't want to depend on a tiny two footer come to me and me needing a four something, you know. <laughs> so where would you go? Or what event? I was thinking and maybe go surf events in Indonesia or something. That would be great. Yeah, that would be, be yeah, that would be insane. Um do you have any upcoming trips scheduled? Yeah, I do have one with Wave Garden. They want me to go test their their waves in South Korea and Australia. And maybe I was planning on going to Indonesia right after that. And since I'm like on the other side of the globe, just go and catch some waves and come back. Yeah, plenty to do in Australia beyond the Wave Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you for sure. But I was surfing. Yeah, totally. I was thinking going to Indonesia right after that though and enjoy those ways when when would that be that'll be next month i think oh good not next month but the other month october yeah october sorry okay <laughs> um final question is what was the last surfboard that you rode very last was a uh, symphony the, the the little soap <laughs> yeah it's uh, a little twin fin Symphony, no, Symphony, Symphony is the, it's the quad. Oh, okay. I think it's, 
sorry, I still get confused on all the models, but it's a 5.0 quad. I think it's 20 inches wide. Wow. Little quad, uh, super fun board. Um, so the waves were like small, so I went in a graveler model, like I said, and there's no wrong board. I mean, there's no bad ways when you have the wrong, the right boards. It's a Mickey Munoz quote. Yeah, <laughs> it is. He Sick. has a book. He called the book "No Bad Waves." Yeah, exactly. And that's the opening quote. Is something like, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. It it was something to that effect of like, there's no such thing as a bad wave, just the wrong equipment. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I've been trying to say. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, you have the right board sponsor to find the right equipment. So. Yeah, I'm stoked. Like I said, um, it's a dream come true to ride for album. Um, I'll finally be able to go back to Brazil to my friend Dario Costa and have more than one board, as I promised. <laughs> I promised him at least we're going to have one to trade and surf on. But now I'm going to have a quiver and we're going to have a blast and maybe go on a trip together. It's so easy too, to go on trips from here, uh, especially one of my favorite places in the world, Max Dali, Mexico, where all those long rides are. But I also want to serve long laughs. I still have to mark and check off my my dream book, um, Desert Point. Mm. And I really want to serve there and a bunch of others. I just, yeah, I just want to travel the world and have fun and surf. Good. Um, I've followed your career since you were young. Like I remember seeing you show up for the U S open and stuff. Um, yeah. So I was aware of you and I've always watched and admired your surfing back in those days. And when you started working with album, Mike mentioned that he's like, yeah, you know that Victor Bernardo. And I'm like, yeah, I totally remember him. He goes, dude, you should see him surf nowadays. And we're getting a few boards for him. So I was really eager to see you guys working together. And when I saw the first couple of clips, I was like, Holy cow, dude, you look like a totally new surfer Thank you. from what I used to see and in the best possible way. So congratulations on all the success and on continuing the dream. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so, um, yeah the, this board has totally changed my way of surfing, but also not having that pressure on my shoulders of making heat and making it happen to make money and be able to support my family, you know, like I'm... Yeah. <laughs> totally free of pressure and that really helps me just go out and enjoy instead of be worried about am I going to be able to pay for the rest you know for the next pile of bills right right <laughs> and support my family and that's all I want I just want to see my family in a way that they don't have to worry about that but also like you know we don't we don't need much to be happy all I need is a surfboard, and I'll be the happiest kid ever. You know, if something goes wrong, there is a reason for that. There's always a reason for everything, and um, a lot of things went wrong. And, you know, not wrong, but the way that it didn't want to happen, mm -hmm. but it, it actually worked out perfectly to um, for me to be where I am today. Exactly. And, exactly what I dreamed and wished my whole life and everything is happening man 
everything is really happening and I'm just super stoked. Enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me and see you guys around. (laughs) See you guys out in the the lineup. Bernardo, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, in case it wasn't crystal clear in this conversation, Victor surfing is a total pleasure to watch. He's one of those surfers who um, you're just mesmerized by his style and uh, the lines that he takes. And um, yeah, so anyways, check him out on Instagram. We'll, we will, of course, link to it on our Instagram at Surf Splendor, which uh, we're revitalizing, spending a little bit more time on there. So check it out at Surf Splendor. Of course, at Album Surf as well on their Instagram. Um, but I will link to everything on surfsplendorpodcast.com. So check it all out there. Videos of Victor from back in the day, surfing U.S. Opens, and, of course, modern stuff and his board model with Album. Thrilled to have you. Thank you so much, Victor, for taking the time to do this. And thanks for all of the support from all of you listeners. We have selected the winner of the Panda Shiitake, but I've emailed them. I am waiting to hear their response to confirm that they can take delivery of this board. And uh, once they confirm, then of course we will publish their name and uh, say a huge congratulations. But we've got more board giveaways through the end of the year, so sit tight for those. And thank you for your support. We of course could not do it without you. I published an episode yesterday of Spit with Scott Bass, and we have an episode of The Grit with Chaz Smith coming on Friday of this week. So look forward to that. And then I will be back here on Surf Splendor next week with the one and only Brad Gerlach. Um, If I do say so myself, an excellent, super strong episode. Uh, Thanks to Brad. So look forward to that, and um, until next week, this is, of course, David Scales for Surf Splendor signing off and reminding you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and, of course, shred on.